Hello and welcome to The Perky Pod where we have unapologetic conversations about all things sex and relationships. I'm Hannah and I'm Holly and we are your hosts for our first episode. Today we are going to be talking about sex in women's magazines, how it is talked about, how women are represented and how it has changed over the years. Later, we will be talking to Laura Hills, who is currently the head of planning at Loose Women, but is a former magazine journalist who was responsible for the very popular Position of the Fortnight regular in More magazine. The Position of the Fortnight feature gave the readers some tips and tricks on the best sex positions and showed women that sex can just be for fun. More magazine was seen as the turning point for women to read about sex. In the 90s, it wholeheartedly endorsed pleasure and sex for women and girls. Through the 70s to the 90s, a lot of women's and girls' teen magazines weren't really as open and real about sex as magazines are today. While they did touch on the basics, they still kept fairly quiet about what people really get up to when they're having sex. Yeah, and now magazines are covering that and going beyond. We are reading and learning about sex toys, masturbation, contraception, sexuality, OnlyFans, you name it. There's so much. We're seeing brands like Zoella as well openly talk about the use of sex toys. Cosmopolitan also covers it in co- like covers it confidently and in detail. You know, Glamour, Refinery29. We're becoming more liberated in our conversations about sex. And the fact that all of these magazines are covering such a variety of topics when it comes to sex means that whoever you are, whoever is reading that magazine can feel validated in whatever sexual experience and whatever sexual desires that they have and it also really encourages people to talk about it more with their friends and have personal conversations about sex with their friends and with their partners which makes all these conversations a lot less daunting. Yeah and I think that's really important making it not a daunting topic anymore and I sort of want to go back to what I just said with the whole Zoella and the controversy that came about with her which was all about her brand posting a blog about the best sex toys. And this got her removed from the media studies syllabus. And now she's partnered up with a sex toy brand. And I just want to know what you think about this. I think the partnership with the sex toy brand Satisfy Her is the best FU to the education system. She's an adult woman who should be free to talk about whatever the hell she likes. and. I'm really glad that she's using her huge platform to make other women feel more comfortable talking about their own pleasure. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think it's such a powerful move. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. The more we talk about these things, the more they become normal and they won't be taboos. And we're going to get a more expert opinion and point of view on sex in magazines from our guest, Laura Hills. So hi, Laura. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not bad, thanks. Cool. So um, just before we get into all the main questions, earlier we were talking about uh, the Zoella controversy and her getting taken off the sort of GCSE um, exam boards, but now she's actually partnered up with a sex toy brand called Satisfy Her. What sort of, what were your opinions on that situation? You know what, I think it's really interesting because when I first read about this, I was actually, I was quite shocked that Zoella had, you know, you know, that content had appeared on her website. 
And then I realised she's 30. So actually, why was I so shocked? Because, and I think she's just one of those people because she's like one of the original influencers. I assumed she was a lot younger than she actually was. So my first instinct was it was quite irresponsible and she obviously has a predominantly very young following. But actually, now I've realised she is as old as she is and I imagine a lot of people that followed her career from the start have grown up with her and are probably a similar age range. I don't see the problem with it at all because she's a 30-year-old woman. She has to be able to move on from that sort of teen market at some point. And there is what's wrong with sort of celebrating women's sexuality and owning a sex toy because that's the reality. So, I, you know, I'm all for it. Good for her. Yeah, we, we said that as well in our intro. We were saying, you know, now she's 30. And when I was her following, when I was like 12 13 it wouldn't be right but now I'm 19 nearly 20 I've grown up with what she's like so it's it seems only it's just the matter of growing up you know she can do what she wants and there shouldn't be anything to be embarrassed about with talking about it exactly and I think I read that she said she didn't even know she was being taught on the is it the AQA or whatever yeah. it's G6. she had no idea so it's not like she had that hanging over her as some sort of moral responsibility like she didn't even know it was being taught no, I know. I thought that was weird. <laughs> weird too. How do you not know about that? Yeah, I think guys are with her. You do you. Yeah, me too. So we know that you've worked for More Magazine. We spoke about it in our intro and this magazine was well known for its position of the Fortnite feature like section. What was your experience mm -hmm. with this and why was it so important and so loved in that magazine? You know what, at the time, you know, obviously, you know, the internet was 100% a thing, but not in quite the same way it is now. You know, we didn't have any social media back then, really. Like, Facebook was in its infancy. You know, I don't think we had Instagram, like, certainly nothing like TikTok. And none of these platforms where people sort of go and share relationships, sex, tips and advice. So really, one of the only places you could get them as a, a sort of, a young adult girl was in magazines like More Magazine. And actually at the time, More Magazine was the main and pretty much only magazine on the stands that spoke about sex in that way. And I think we, we spoke about it before, didn't we? Where, um, you know, I know with Perky Magazine, you know, it's, it, you want it to be like the tone of like the big sister. And that's exactly what More Magazine was. So having something like Position of the Fortnite in, it seems very tame now, but then it was actually like, it was pretty wild. <laughs> like, you know, it was, it was a bit controversial, but also it was needed for girls who didn't know, you know, wanted some, want to have some fun in the bedroom and needed some inspiration. So actually, I think it was really important for the readers at the time. Uh, so what are your sort of thoughts on how the discussions about sex as a whole in magazines has changed over the years? And like, do you think as a society we've sort of progressed in any ways when we talk about sex? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, it's funny looking back now at, you know, some of the things that I wrote about then, which was maybe when I was starting my career sort of, uh, I think like 15 odd years ago, I don't think we necessarily write about them now in the same way because people are much more you know, like, I hate the expression woke, but much more woke and much more aware of what is maybe a little bit, um, you know, stereotypical or offensive. Like, I was looking back at one of the positions of fortnights where it, you know, it was the woman was like bent over a washing machine doing the laundry. And it's like, I just don't think we do that now. You know, like, that's a very classic image of a woman that is actually, in hindsight, quite offensive. So, you know, I think, you know, things have progressed since then, certainly. Um, I would say, you know, there's there's less magazines on the shelves if we're just talking about magazines. So in some ways, maybe things have taken a step back because magazines like More Magazine for that sort of 
young adult market don't really exist in the same way. You know, we used to, I remember being a teen and there was a magazine called J17, which you guys might not remember, but it was, it was very similar, but it was aimed at teens. And you, they, I don't think people have that, like those sort of publications anymore to turn to for like sex advice and relationship features. So in that, in that way, actually, it has taken a bit of a step back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose you've got things like Cosmo, haven't you, which still write very openly about sex and relationships and in a very responsible way as well. Um, so I think people are reactive to the tone of, you know, the tone of society and, you know, what people want to want to read about. Um, but I think, you know, I guess probably people turn more to the internet now for that sort of stuff than they do maybe to print media. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say, like, there's quite a few Instagram accounts and places you can go to that are actually really educational with things like sex and relationships and I think that that's a turning point you know it doesn't have to just be in magazines now there's loads of other places you can get this sort of content from. Mm. And also I think people talk more openly maybe with their friends than they did back then you know know, everyone's always talking about sex and relationships but maybe you know maybe there was a point where people needed to look in a magazine to get that advice and they possibly don't anymore also you know it's easier now like you can you pick up your phone don't you and you it's private before if you're reading a magazine like more on the tube or what have you people saw you reading it so they knew what you were reading about so actually now you can get that advice in a more private manner as well so maybe that's a good thing yeah I think so too because I think sometimes people can feel daunted by it in that sort of sense and I feel like when you can just access access it through your phone and you know it feels it feels also a bit more personal as well and I think that's a, a nice mm-hmm. approach as well and the thing you said about having people talk to their friends more about it I really love Hannah Witten on YouTube and all her videos about um, sex and she did one like a couple of weeks ago that was literally about the things that she's learned from conversations and I've noticed that since like me and my friends started talking about sex more like you learn so much stuff about what they do like even just like little things like earlier literally today <laughs> me and my friends are talking about what music we might put on right funny just like hearing what people say and you're like really you listen to that well okay fair enough yeah and I think it's it's just not as much of a taboo anymore to talk about sex like amongst you know women and girls like it's just you know everyone does it like and everyone talks about it and that's fine but maybe those attitudes weren't necessarily there when you know magazines like more were on the shelves as much you know women weren't as you know got a long way to go maybe women weren't as empowered to talk about you know their sex lives and stuff as they are now so and that's that's a good thing that maybe there is no not as much of a need for magazines like that anymore yeah and you just said there that there's like still a long way to go with that and how women are represented and that sort of links into my next question and do you think that we've seen a change in how women are represented in magazines and just in the media in general and I think obviously there's still things that need to be addressed and sorted and improved but do you think we have seen like an improvement in this yeah definitely I think I mean like harking back to what I said a minute ago about you know Barbie bent over a laundry you know a a washing machine like you know like I say I don't think that would happen anymore so that is progress but although at the time it was written completely innocently and I wrote it and I'm a woman and it didn't offend me at the time but in hindsight like maybe like that was silly I don't know you know so things like that have changed you know and you know things like the times Time's up in the Me Too movements, you know, that's all made people more aware of how women are represented in in the media. And that's a that's a really great thing. But there is a long way to go. But you know, um even you know, page three, page three is not a thing anymore. So yeah, I, I definitely think the way women and sex is sort of 
spoken about in the media has changed for the better because you just you, I just don't think you'd get things like page three anymore would you no I mean I think I think that would no I think it's a good thing that that's gone I mean there are so many ways now that women can be represented in a much more positive light you know we're not just to be looked at we well there's but if we want to care about what we look like and want to care about sex we can but at the end of the day there's more to mm. us than just what we look like exactly yeah and I think you know that's that's it and I think people are aware of that but also people have more of a voice now to respond to stuff like that you know if a celebrity is painted in a in a derogatory light in the media then they're going to go on their social media and they're going to rightfully kick off and say something about it and create a noise and people don't want to be subject to that controversy either so I think that holds people to account and makes people more aware as well because people have more of a voice now. Yeah I think that's that's obviously a massive part of us moving forward is that we now have a voice to say what we want to say and do what we mm. want to do and but do you remember a time where there wasn't content or options available as much as it is now and do you think it obviously impacted how women approach sex and how they saw it you know maybe it changed how we approach it now compared to what it was before yeah I think so I mean definitely I mean look I'm 35 so I mean I can I can remember the time before the internet like I was I was too young to be having sex it wouldn't have been for that but you know before the internet you know people you know porn and all that sort of stuff you know none of this stuff was easy accessible was it so you know the emergence of the internet but particularly I think social media has really changed how people um sort of view sex and discuss sex and I think it's made people much more liberal and it's made people much more open um you know with the conversation it's totally broken down that taboo because it's so in your face now how can you, you how can you not you know women are more empowered and they don't have to be demure and it doesn't have to be this secret conversation you just you know have with a mate or not even have with a mate because you're too embarrassed to talk to them about it you read about it because that's the only way you can get it you know like books like 50 shades of gray like you know it's mainstream media now for, for people to talk about sex and sex being an empowering tool as well so you know things have changed massively i think So, like, obviously now in comparison to back then, like you said, no one would re necessarily read more magazine on the tube. Um, <laughs> do you still, even though like a lot of us now do talk about it and talking about sex, especially women talking about sex is like that empowering thing. Um, do you still think that there are people that do sort of turn their nose up at it and there's still sort of people that would sort of judge you for reading about sex in a magazine there always will be won't there like i mean you know i think there always will be with but with any subject not just you know not just sex and relationships like anything people will judge there's always gonna be someone that judges you on something isn't there um i don't think it's i don't think you know i'd like to think it isn't you know um people don't react with such surprise anymore and it you know it's not shock value is it but yeah i think i mean I do think there will always be those that judge, don't you? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all, that almost plays part into the empowering bit. Um, you know, like if you were having a conversation with your friends about sex and then some like man walks past and he's like, what are you mm. doing? It's like, well, haha, <laughs> like we can exactly, talk about that exactly. now. And you've got to talk about it to break down those taboos and be unashamed yeah. about it as well.
Another um, interesting thing that I mean I've seen floating around quite a lot is people are bringing up the male gaze again and this is quite a big thing in film and stuff but do you think that the male gaze plays a part in magazines and what do you think yeah. about it? Do you know what? I just find this one quite tricky to answer, to be completely honest, because, yeah, I think so. I think that that has always been the case and that will always be the case. But there are changes on there. Like, you know, we just mentioned about page three not being a thing anymore. You know, that's a massive step towards moving away from that, you know, object, object like objectifying women in that respect uh, for, for a man's pleasure. You know, page three was purely aimed at men, wasn't it? It wasn't, you know, I don't know, actually, having said that, there's probably people that would argue that it was really empowering for women. And, I did watch um there's a Channel 4 documentary on about it last year to um to mark the 50th anniversary and a lot of the women that did it were saying that it was a really empowering tool for them um so you know not to take away from that but yeah I mean I think I don't think it's something that will ever go away completely I don't know what do you guys think I sort of it's a hard one because as much as I would love for not just men women as well to not just look at other women and be like oh they're just made to be beautiful to be looked at to be this that and the other that we've created in the media they have to look this way there will always be that because there was that before like you can't eliminate things that did used to happen but I feel mm. like people will get better with it you know I feel like there will always be people that see women as beautiful objects but there are so many more people that don't and I think that's like a great like I said, it's empowering because I think a lot of people respect women more now. I mean, like we keep saying, we can still, there's still so far to go with so many things, but I think now if we're respected more. We're not just seen for what we look like. Yeah. And I do think, you know, um, I mean, by no means to the same extent and to not take away from anything, but you know, women objectify men as well, you know, like, you know, like I would think about like, you know, the Ryan Reynolds and, you know, <laughs> Ryan Gosling and people like that in films, you know, and it's like gratuitous shots with their top off where they don't really need to have their top off or, you know, Channing Tatum in Magic Mike. And I think, you know, those actors are probably very much in on that. I can't imagine it's a surprise to them that they have the top off for, you know, for any reason other than that. But there is an element of, um, you know, of, you know we do that to men as well don't we or, you know certainly in the media men are objectified as well to an extent yeah i think there's always going to be a level of almost like people men and women like we do enjoy looking at attractive people so mm. like i know like megan fox in transformers is always used as an example as the male gaze and i'm like but i quite enjoy looking at megan fox in transformers too and i'm a woman so yeah, it's like women appreciate good looking women as well you know we all do it. it's total human nature to look and compare ourselves to other women like you know and there's nothing wrong you know there's nothing wrong with looking at someone like megan fox or us anyway thinking wow she's stunning would love to look yeah. like that or go her or you know whatever like there is an element of that being empowering in itself as long as I think the person is in on it, that's the thing. I think that's the difference is, is if yeah. someone willingly in that role or not. Yeah, I think it's like we can still enjoy looking at attractive people and it's no secret that actors are stunning and they work really hard to get the bodies that they have so we can look at them and appreciate it. But like you said, I think it is that sort of thing, like as long as we're acknowledging that and not sort of doing it in an objectifying way, then it's just like, for fun and everyone enjoys it as well and that that can then be the empowering thing because they're choosing yeah, exactly. to be like here's my beautiful body yeah exactly i completely agree 
Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with what you've all said as well. I think it's natural. And like Han said, as long as it's not done in an objectifying, nasty, you know, this is all you're used for way. I, I mean, there's no harm, is there? Because, you know, we all do it. But I think there's just like a levels, there's levels to, you know, how we go about doing that. Is Do you think there's, do you think there's such thing as going like, too far now with conversations about sex and issues and topics that are faced by women in society today and that can be in magazines and just in general um do you know what I don't, it's subjective isn't it like it depends i don't know it's really it's a difficult question to answer because it depends where you're you know where you're reading it where you're hearing it i don't know um i'm trying to compile my thoughts um you know like i think you know you have to have social responsibility like you know if it depends like that's why i say it depends where you consume it because if you're picking up a magazine or reading even i guess like a blog or something that's aimed at a specific age range you have to be socially responsible to that age range so of course like if there's a tiktoker who's 15 or there's a you know there's a website or a blog or something that's aimed at you know young teen girls and yeah there definitely would be such a thing as too far because you you need to protect as much as possible and keep keep responsible in that respect um you know and there's obviously you know elements of conversation that could lead down a dangerous path with anything that's far too graphic or you know anything that depicts any sort of violence or you know anything so of course there are times when it can go too far but in general i think you know i think i certainly think the mainstream media have it pretty you know print media have it pretty spot on you know because there aren't many publications now that do write about sex and relationships. So I think, you know, it's hard to say they've gone too far because there isn't loads of them. I don't think I'm articulating what I want to say very well, but um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I, what you were just saying about too far depends on the context reminds me of the Zoella thing because mm. we're saying, like, yes, as a 30 year old woman, there is no issue with her talking about sex toys and she is free to do that and we've also sort of pointed out that like teenagers in schools are having sex and some of them might have sex toys so it's not like it's a secret that should be hidden from people under 18 but then there's that thing of like well it's not like you're necessarily going to be like it's not like the teacher is going to be showing 14 year old kids the love honey website so it's kind of like a yes like it there's nothing wrong with people there's nothing wrong with what zoella did and it shouldn't necessarily have had her taken off the media thing because like holly said you studied it so you know what you were looking at you weren't going in depth into her sex life or anything um but people seem to think that by zoella talking about sex toys that that means that those 14 year old kids in the classroom are then going to be looking at sex toys and it's like yeah. not necessarily and that's a lot to put at her door as well like that's a lot to put on someone you know she's what she puts out online can be read from someone by someone who's 90 or someone who's 10 like you know she can't stop whether or not she was you know she could literally be anyone it doesn't matter who you are anyone can access your content from whatever age so you know if we all live by those standards then you would I mean, no one would ever put anything up, would they? Like, you just couldn't. So, you know, she's doing what she deems to be appropriate for her age range. And she knows her fan base and her followers and clearly thinks that that's, you know, they're above the age of whatever, 16, 18. So she, she did the right thing. Like, 
you know, censorship is quite a dangerous thing, isn't it? Because the internet is supposed to give us free speech. And as long as it's given, you know, responsibly and isn't putting anyone in danger, then, you know, you shouldn't be trying to censor people, I don't think. Yeah, and like Hannah said, I don't think the way in which Zoella did it was in a harmful way. And like, that's what we're saying with too far. I don't think that is an example of going too far because I think when I was in secondary school, which was only like, three four years ago I knew that people were talking about that anyway people were talking about porn and wank mm. and all these things you know that were just topics of conversation when we were that age not that we knew really what we were necessarily talking about in that much detail but it's not like anything to sort of hide away from younger age groups and I did the media studies a level myself and we didn't look into what Zoella does in life like that's not what she was on there for we looked at her as a brand and how she mm. targets people and how she has become a brand from you like from a platform mm. you know it's not it was never anything to do with that I think maybe like the fact that she posted it was a good thing but it was responsible and that's the sort of two the sort of response to the too far is as long as it's done responsibly and to the right age group and it's thought about I don't think there is such thing as going too far as long as it fits who you're talking to also like I remember being in school and lads mags were all the thing because people you know didn't really have you know we didn't have iPhones right so you know you couldn't like sit on the internet and look up pictures of tits or whatever like for the boys I mean so you know they'd sneak in nuts magazine and zoo magazine and they'd all stand around the playground looking at that because that was the only way they could see a naked woman you know and that was like it's just the the equivalent but years Mm. before anyone had a smartphone you know and it's like but like you know those magazines have gone those those lab mags which actually were you know some of them could be very derogatory towards women and very degrading and definitely give young boys the wrong impression of how to maybe like you know treat a woman or you know when it comes to objectification and things like that and you know they've gone now so that again a bit like pastry that is progress i think in terms of how women are presented and how women are objectified yeah i I agree i I also have like an extra question about the Mm. going back as we're talking about magazines back to when you did the position of the fortnight was it always positive were people always positive about it or were people like this should not be and do you know what I mean were were there there mixed responses do you know what it was a lot harder back then to gauge that because we didn't have twitter or anything you know like I always think now like anyone you know I I now work on loose women on ITV and you know instantly I can see what people think of the show and you know instantly the presenters can see what people like and don't like about what they say and so you, you always know what people are thinking whereas back, I, we didn't know like I mean of course there were people who said love that oh my god it's amazing and there were people who, who said you know oh it's disgusting of course there were but you wouldn't hear about it in the there wasn't the same noise actually it was a bit almost a bit for me anyway probably a bit of a bubble in terms of I was just putting out a publication and never really had much of a awareness almost that people were consuming it you know like you didn't you didn't get feedback in the same way. I think, yes, of course, I do think certainly position of the fortnight more than the magazines as a whole probably was controversial to some people. Um, but yeah, I just don't think we just didn't, as a journalist, I didn't, I just didn't hear about it. I mean, maybe people above me did and the publishers might have done and my editor might have done, but personally, I didn't really hear it. It's that kind of controversy though, that by like things like more magazine doing that, that contributed to, more mags like more magazines other magazines doing it now 
you know maybe if yeah. there'd never been that push then we would be in the middle of the push now and yeah you know, that also sets it back so yeah like sets the way and like actually is like i always say it, but it is a shame that that doesn't exist anymore and actually i mentioned earlier j17 doesn't exist anymore because i still think there is a need and a market for it um you know like that sort of honesty and not everyone wants to get every bit of advice on the internet or from uh, you know someone they follow on, on social media like some people might just want to sit in bed and read a really fun feature about relationships or sex and you know have a bit of a laugh while reading it while getting a few tips and some practical and positive advice you know that and, and i do think it's a shame that there isn't more more of that out there yeah and it's like when it's in a magazine sometimes just googling random things on the internet when you want to hear about stuff it's coming from loads of different places whereas if well it's like us yeah. like i want to read about sex or relationship advice i go to cosmo because like mm -hmm. i like their articles and so i trust their opinions and it's the same thing it's like if you you know and if you want to google it in private if it's like i want to read art an article about something that i don't want to tell my friends about yet then I know I can go to Cosmo and I'll probably find it. And it's that secure. It is like that friend that you can go to in private to learn. Yeah, Cosmo is very good actually. And also yeah. actually I tell you, women's health is quite good as well. They they still do quite a lot of um, sex features. They're, they're pretty good, but they're probably off the top of my head probably the only two that I see still do in the women's magazine sector anyway. Is there anything that you would like to see more of in magazines about sex and relationships? Um, I think like, I don't know, like I think there's something like I said earlier, like maybe aimed at the younger market. I mean, I think Cosmo, I don't know what their official readership is, but they probably would say that they are aimed at women in their twenties. So maybe they do have it right. But, um, you know, I think, I do think there's like, you know, that, that sort of young adult, you know, 18, well, even 16, actually 16 to, 25 market that probably isn't catered for very well in in the print press in magazines and i think that you know i think it would be nice to see another magazine like more magazine or j17 or whatever it might be on the shelves and giving women those options you know um and you know cosmo is a monthly magazine but more magazine and j17 weeklies you know let's get more issues out there and do a weekly magazine i do think that would be nice um and again it would be interesting to see how those magazines took on the topics that we covered back then because times have moved on so i would just i just would be genuinely interested to see how it's done now yeah i agree i think i think it also the fact that you mentioned like weekly magazines you know there's not there's not a load of women's weeklies i mean like cosmo is monthly and you have to wait and i guess they post online articles too but mm. i think if you had something that was really empowering for women that came out every week because you know sex and relationships are something that happens every day you know it's something that's always relevant there's always questions about it people always want to read about people that may be having the same relationship problems they want to know yeah. about uh, are they dealing with their friendships properly are they doing this like is what they're doing in sex normal obviously that's re like relative to different people but you know that's like that's what we need. We need things that are going to always be there for us. And I think that what you suggested and what you're saying about having more of it, I think will only be beneficial. Yeah, spot on. I, I completely agree. So that's all our questions. And um, we really, Thanks for having really me. appreciate you coming. And it was really interesting to hear someone else's opinion.
No, definitely. Any uh, anything I can do to help, always happy. But thank you for having me. Really thank nice you. to see you virtually. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. One day, hopefully, it won't be. <laughs> one day, please God, we're going in the right direction. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I think it's so interesting to hear about this sort of thing firsthand, especially from someone who was actually working in the industry and on the magazine that was one of the pinnacle ones in the turning point for more open discussions about sex and relationships in magazines. Yeah, I totally agree. And we want to say a huge thank you to Laura Hills for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast episode and want to hear more, make sure to subscribe. You can find us on Spotify and Anchor. Also, why not follow our Twitter at PerkyMag and Instagram page at Perky Magazine. Our next episode will feature another special guest and we will be having more open and unapologetic conversations.